Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. And we've made it, Cody. We've made it through the regular season. And what a way to finish. The streak is over. I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime, but the Perth Wildcats won't be there in the finals. It's, it's just unfathomable in so many ways. And making it even more amazing, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers are the ones that are there in their place. And a remarkable first season in the NBL for them. And now, all of a sudden, we're not far away from the finals beginning on Thursday night as well. So we'll talk about that on the show. We've got some awards that will be presented before the finals get underway, so we'll, we'll give all of our thoughts on that. And plenty to get through with six teams now starting their off-season, four teams battling for the championship. We're here thanks to Hoops Heaven. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, the former Sydney Kings power forward, both those teams are going to be battling now mm-hmm. in the semi-finals this week. Cody Ellis, quite a dramatic week to be... Looking back on. Yeah, that's a bit of an understatement, I think. Um, look, massive round and, you know, we, we thought that it was all going to come down to that last game and oh. it did and overtime. Overtime <laughs> to decide the last game and the last spot in the finals and, uh, yeah, I, I can't quite believe that, uh, that the cat streak is over either. It oh. uh, still hasn't quite sunk in yet and uh, probably won't really until uh, we see the four teams battle it out. Absolutely. It's, it's a remarkable thing. I mean... 35 years straight in the finals and, you know, they've won 10 championships mm-hmm. in that time and you just assumed it was going to last last forever. You've never seen it in your lifetime no, that they didn't play not. play in the finals and you'll, you'll never forget that birthday, Cody. Yeah. The day the streak ended was your 32nd birthday. It sure was. It sure was. It was, uh, yeah, like I said, I've never seen it in my lifetime. Um, and, yeah, look, there's, there's probably a heck of a lot of Wildcats fans out there that have never seen it in their lifetime mm-hmm. either. Crazy, crazy end of a season. Have you spoken to your dad about it since? How, how, how did he feel about, about it? He was there, obviously, on, on Sunday. So he wasn't there. Oh, he, okay. uh, so he got struck with COVID, so oh, he, no. was, he was sitting, sitting on the couch watching it, oh. unfortunately. But, um, yeah, look, he's upset. But, uh, you know, he's, he also looks at it from the point of, like, appreciate what just happened, basically, in the last 35 years, mm. how good that is and, and how big of a streak that is and... I don't think that'll ever be touched again. No. You know, we, we, we tend to say that a lot with records, but yeah. this is one that I really don't think will ever be touched again. Well, if you think about it, to do it again, they have to make the finals every year between now and 2057. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real, yeah. When you put it like that, it's, it's, you just can't imagine it. No, you can't. You can't. So, and I, I think that's something that while a lot of the Cats fans were severely disappointed... Mm. Um, and you could certainly see that with, with some of the stuff going on on social media. Yes. Um, you've got to just look back and, and respect what you guys went through. Mm. Um, and you feel for those players and the coaching staff and, and all that sort of stuff because with every year that they made the finals was that extra bit of pressure for that mm. next season. Mm. I can't imagine how those boys felt going into that game against Phoenix. Yeah. They would have had so much weighing on their shoulders and, and they played like that too. Well, didn't they, they did. They yeah. did. You know, it was um, it was a tough watch to to start the game. Mm. It, it was a it was a hard game to watch because again, you looked like the Cats were just trying to win rather than going out and just playing basketball. Yeah. And the Phoenix kind of started off a bit slow again mm. as well, and mm. they took a bit to get into it. But come the second half, it was it was a lot better basketball game. Yeah. But yeah, no, look, I, I do feel for those boys because that's that's a heck of a streak that, mm. that's uh, that's gone missing and. There's no way that you should be blaming them by any stretch, no, but you know, no. that, that's what's going to happen. You know, that's human nature. 
but geez, yeah, 35 years. Is, it's is a remarkable amazing. thing. I mean, for the last 15 years, every Wildcats player that I've been talking to or anyone involved in the club really talks about how they don't want to be mm-hmm. part of that team that, yeah. that finishes the streak. And you never really thought it would actually happen. So you just thought, yeah, yeah, you won't have to worry about that because <laughs> yeah. you'll keep winning. Yeah. Um, how much do you think it stings for those players being part of it? And, and again, you don't blame them because... Mm-hmm. If Vic Law is part of that team, they'd probably still make the oh, finals, yeah, you'd sure. think, because he, he was probably one of the top six players in the league this year, if not mm-hmm. h- higher than that. that yeah. That's how important he was. And you don't want to blame anybody, and they were up against a lot for the whole season, but you still wouldn't want to be part of that sort of piece of history, would you, if you were that, the players? No, you wouldn't. But, you know, all good things come to an end. Yeah, It, it was going to finish at some time, you mm-hmm. know, and New Zealand... Will, obviously, in the past two years have gone through it the worst, mm. being away from home for two years. But the Cats had a very rough year. Mm. Morrison came in. Day before the Blitz. That blitz. Yeah. You know, he lands, he <laughs> takes his yeah. family home and then he gets on a plane for what they thought was a month and yeah. it ended up being two and a bit months, yeah. you know. Um, He'd never met his team by the time he no. went and joined them with the Blitz. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he could have got on a plane with them and, and probably no, known none of them. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's really tough. And then especially with a new coach coming in, you've got so much to implement, mm. you know, your culture that you want to implement takes time and you need to be there for that, you know, as good as all the, the Zoom meetings and stuff are now and, and how, um, how good that is, it's, it's still not like being there in person. No. Everyone thought the way they finished, including myself and, mm. and yourself as well, um, the way they finished that road stretch mm. and coming back home, I thought they were going to finish top. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were going to finish top. But, again, they came home and they never really found a rhythm. You know, mm. guys were out and key guys were out. Well, and then, I think the loss of Mitch Gordon is still something that we talked about a lot, yeah. but a lot of people probably underestimated. And then just as he, he comes back, mm-hmm. they lose Big Law. Well, exactly. And, like I said, they could never get on a roll with, with their full roster. Mm. Um, and luck plays such a big part in basketball mm. and sports in general. People don't understand that, you yeah. know. People just think, oh, the talent wins. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. You know, you've, you've got to be lucky. And that's something that the Cats have been fairly lucky in the past mm. in coming into playoffs or that home stretch, fairly healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it's a, it's a season of a lot of what-ifs for them, mm. I think. And, you know, there, there was games that were decided with one or two possessions, you yeah. know, and, and they'll obviously look back and be frustrated at that. But... Um, Look, no, they went through they went through hell again this season, and um, yeah, I certainly feel for them. I remember talking to Damo at the very start of the season when they lost that overtime game at home to the Brisbane Bullets, and we thought, I wonder if that'll end up coming back to bite them. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> yes, it did. It sure did. And there's you know there's, there's probably a couple of games that you yeah. can pinpoint uh, that hurt them come uh, come the end of the season. Now we spoke last week, and we were pre- previewing the final round and thinking. Gee, it would be nice if all the things fell into place to set up the amazing finish, and we got everything we wanted. Yeah. So the round started Thursday night. Um, the Sydney Kings did the job against the Cairns Taipans up in Cairns to make sure that they stayed in second to put the pressure back on the Hawks. They won 87 to 77. Um, Friday night didn't mean a lot. The Phoenix came, came from a long way behind, in fairness to them, to beat mm-hmm. the Adelaide 36ers 94 to 91. And then also Friday night. This was the one that did matter to set up the the Sunday finish. So the Illawarra Hawks got the job done against the Perth Wildcats, 82 to 77. And both teams probably looked a little bit nervous in fairness in that game, but the Hawks had their full full weapons there and the Wildcats didn't and they got the job done. And then 
we wondered if Melbourne United would throw everything at trying to win this game on Saturday against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers mm-hmm. and in fairness, they didn't. They did not. <laughs> they didn't. So the Jack Jumpers ended up overrunning them, dominating that second half with the queue in the rack for United. So the Jack Jumpers did their, held up their end of the bargain, winning 83 to 61. Then we saw on, well, also on Saturday, I'll ask you about this later on because the Cairns Taipans had a bit of a party, took advantage of the Brisbane Bullets who were shorthanded, 112 to 98, Taj McCall, 42 points. He probably showed something that we didn't know that he quite had in terms of his, his arsenal, but, yeah. but the pressure was off and I'm not sure there was a lot of resistance. Um, Sunday, Adelaide 36ers, they put the breakers out of their misery. I think we all are delighted that their season is over and they are now back home in Auckland, the 36ers 93-60. to 60. And then the two games that decided everything. So the Sydney Kings and the Illawarra Hawks, there was 12,000 people at Kudos Bank Arena. It was a fantastic atmosphere. Second spot was on the line. The Illawarra Hawks ended up winning 87-84. to 84. And then at RSC Arena, with the streak on the line, it went to overtime just to add to the drama and probably with the pressure off and wanting to, to I guess, play the spoilers, the Phoenix beat the Wildcats 102 to 100. We've talked about how it meant for the Wildcats, but you could just get a sense, the longer that game went, the Phoenix wanted to be the team that ended the streak. Oh, absolutely. And look, it, it's, it was a tough one for the Phoenix because, I mean, they had a really good comeback against Adelaide mm. and uh, probably stole one there. You know, probably yeah. looked, looked really out of it for, for most of yeah. that game and then, yeah, just stormed home. Um, but then... It's one of those things that teams still come into Perth mm. thinking, well, we've got our backs against the mm. wall here. It's going to be tough. You yeah. know? I think the longer the game went on, the more the Phoenix believed that they could actually yep. win, yep. especially going up against the Wildcats team with what was at stake. Mm. You know, Coming in, the Phoenix would have thought that they were going to give it absolutely everything. Mm. And the Cats came in nervous, which, yeah. which we could see. So, they also didn't have any defensive intensity. We've, no. we've seen it all season. It's clearly the defensive style that's changed from what we were used to. Yeah under Trevor Gleeson, but, gee, with, with so much at stake, I was surprised that they didn't turn up the defensive pressure. Yeah, no, they, it, it just looked like they were just trying to outscore them, and um, that's certainly not the Wildcats that, that we've known mm. in the past. And, um, I mean, they shot, I think it was 41 threes for the game. Yeah. That's, yep. Especially in Perth, that's not a, yep. that's not a, a good game plan. No. You know, and I've, I've said it before on here that Perth uh, at RAC Arena, it's, it's not the greatest shooting mm. team in the world. Yeah. And, can look at the stats for any game. Teams don't shoot yep. too well here, yep. even the cats. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it was it was very odd. And yeah, look, they, I think they kind of wanted to just come out and throw haymakers and try outscore mm-hmm. them, and they would get up by six, seven, eight points, mm-hmm. and then not be able to put them away yeah. properly. And that's purely because they couldn't stop them. Absolutely. I mean, and you could see the joy on their faces. I mean, Simon Mitchell was beaming up mm-hmm. after the game, and I think he was happy that his team finished on a high. But more than anything, that's something that those players can remember forever. I still think that's a team that was good enough to play finals and Absolutely. probably make a difference if they made the finals. So they, they'll be disappointed. But as Simon Mitchell talked about afterwards, this group will never play together mm-hmm. in that um, formation again, but they'll never forget what they did on that Sunday. No, not at all. And that's a team that's severely underachieved. Mm-hmm. And the whole team, coaching staff, all that recognise that. Mm-hmm. You just hear it in, in the press conference after the game. You could... They did. They, they underachieved. To finish on a high like that is, is huge. Mm. You know, they got something out of it at, at the end of the day. Finishing with two wins is always good, but then, you know, being that part of history where mm. you help to stop 
you know, a world record streak is uh, would be would be pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, as big of a story as it is that the Wildcats streak is over, it's just as big of a story what the Jack Jumpers have yeah. done. For them to make the finals in their first season is remarkable, but for them to do it with a team that I still think it could be the least at least naturally gifted team mm-hmm. Absolutely. in the competition, but they've done it on hard. And I spoke to Josh Majed about this earlier today. I mentioned to him that sometimes. Every club talks about culture, mm. but sometimes it's just a throwaway line and not everyone buys into it. But every single person involved in the Jack Jumpers believes in that culture. Mm. They show it every time that they play and every time they represent that club. And I couldn't be happier for them to make the finals because I think they, de- they deserve it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, they definitely do. And especially coming from two and six yeah. to, to start the season. Yeah. Everyone, again, including myself, wrote them off. I at the start of the year with the roster they had, I, I did. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to finish bottom, second bottom, because again on paper that's probably where they probably should have mm-hmm. finished. Um, but like I've said on this show before, it's not about <laughs> what's on paper, mm-hmm. right? It's what you do on the court, and they've been awesome. And I, I put it out on social media after the game. I said, you know, they just play harder than everyone. They do, and that's it. Yeah, you know, they go out there and they play their butts off, and they just outwork. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They'll, they'll just work harder than, because they have to. That's how they are going to be sure. successful. And Scott Roth's done an unbelievable job of instilling that, mm. that kind of culture uh, into the team. And to have a team like that buy-in is amazing. And you even see it in the NBA. It's not about all the talent in the world. Mm. You know, Brooklyn losing 4 nothing mm-hmm. with, with all the talent in the yeah. world. And yeah. it's, it's similarly, you know, it's, it's not all about the talent. It, it's about buying in, playing hard and, and doing the right thing by your club and, and um, yeah, being part of that, that culture that, uh, that you develop from the preseason. You can just see the excitement in the whole state of Tasmania as well. They really got behind this yeah. team and it's fantastic to see that basketball has become so popular and I'm glad that the NBL got in there first before the AFL mm-hmm. went down there and... You can tell how appreciative they are to have a professional sporting team to support, and gee, they get behind their team. It's it's fantastic to watch. Oh, they yeah, they they definitely do. And Tassie's always been big into uh, into their sports, and I think it's it's come way too late the mm. uh, professional team down there. You know, I follow the the Hawks in in football, mm. and you know we played down there for a few years and kind of they kind of adopted the <laughs> yeah. Hawks as their team. But um, no, for them to have a, an actual professional team. And you, you see, that everywhere just, just buys in. And I, and I think um, they've probably got a lot more fans around the country than, mm. than just in Tassie uh, right now as well. Yeah, I know how proud the big fella Matty Knight would be as oh, well. Yeah. And if this was five years ago, he would have signed it, the Jack Jumpers <laughs> and put on that, that jersey, I've got no doubt. He's, he's going to be pretty excited. And he, he's still hoping for Mark Radford to get him that Jack Jumpers gear so he can wear it, wear it proudly this week for the, for the final. So if you're listening, Rat, make sure you come on board because Matty's patiently waiting for, for his merchandise. So, so that's how fourth spot was decided, Cody. Second and third had to be decided as well between the Hawks and the Kings. And it ended up being a pretty fun game on Sunday between them at Kudos Bank Arena. Big crowd was there. The Hawks won the game, but I kind of get the feeling Sydney were happy with that. Mm. So J- Jalen Adams didn't play. Chase Buford afterwards said that this is a good result for us because if they had won, the game one would have been on the Wednesday night mm-hmm. in Sydney just because of how the scheduling would have worked. Yep. So I feel like he was happy with that result, which is a strange way to, to finish the regular season, mm. but you can probably understand his point. Oh, for sure, for sure. And this is one of the games that 
I was really looking forward to watching, mm. but I had to coach my D-League boys. So <laughs> I didn't quite get to, to watch the, the full game, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, look, I, I did. I listened to the presser after and it did. It, it seemed like that extra day is really going to help them, mm. you know, and, and that's totally fair. Mm. Like I said, this season has dragged out and it, it's been a long grind yeah. and players are hurting and any extra days that you can get at this back end of the year is, is huge. And I think... It's one of those things that they go on the road technically, but it's an hour down the road. It's yes. not like they have to fly don't, and all this Don't have to get on a plane. No. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I, I think you're right. It, it's probably a good thing for the Kings mm-hmm. where they got to rest their guys for that extra day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and realistically, they, they don't have to travel. Yeah, look, I think it's it's probably a good result for them. Interesting your thoughts, though. Would have it hurt the Kings more to have to back up on Wednesday or the Hawks? Because the Hawks were just coming back from Perth on the Friday double, night, yeah. played on the Sunday. Gorge spoke about, spoke afterwards, and he was dreading the, the thought of having to back up three days later yeah. just because he had to think ahead to Wednesday night. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like perhaps it would have hurt the Hawks even more if it had been a Wednesday night game one. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think it's, it's a tough one, I, and I think that... You know, end of the day, it's it's probably good for both teams because you're right. They they did get to rest. They did mm. get to rest their yeah. players for that extra day. Yeah, Hawks with a tough tough back end coming back from Perth. Yeah, uh, it's 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 good all around because hopefully we get to see everyone as rested as possible, mm. and um, that's going to be a heck of a series. It will be. <laughs> I heard a couple of things on Sunday that I don't remember ever hearing before coming from a player and a coach, Cody. Um, Firstly, Xavier Cooks at halftime when he was speaking to Shane Hill talked about how Chris Reed was killing killing the Kings. Mm-hmm. Hammer didn't didn't follow up with a question, which <laughs> I was I was interested by. But just for Xavier to come out and say it, he said it twice to make sure that Hammer heard him. Yeah. And then post game, Chase Buford also talked about how the other two referees during the game did a fantastic job. Fantastic he was job. very happy with them. Said it multiple times. <laughs> he did. And and again, nobody asked a follow up question. No. But Chase made sure he got his point across, and he he named Chris Reed openly mm-hmm. saying that if he if he referees us during the finals then he might cost us the game mm. or cost cost us the series have you ever heard anything like that and what, what are your thoughts on a player and a coach coming out you know, being pretty forthright in their thoughts on a particular referee yeah that's um look no i haven't re- really seen it going specifically at one mm, ref yeah. like that before and especially a ref that's been around for, mm-hmm. for a while now yeah. and someone who's going to get games in the, in the finals. Well, you think <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, that was very interesting. And like I said, I wasn't able to see this game, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't able to watch it. So I, I can't really comment on, on how it was called. Mm-hmm. But um, from everything I was reading, it, King's got the short end of it, a few, mm-hmm. few pretty yeah. obvious calls. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's going to be some sort of ramifications, I'm sure, and I mm. haven't seen if there was anything out in the past day or two, no. but the NBL will be dishing out fines there mm. 100%. Um, but, yeah, very interesting going into, into finals. So it'll, well, I'll be intrigued to see if, uh, if he's put on any of these games. <laughs> well, well, what does the NBL do? Do they deliberately now avoid having him part of the Hawks and Kings series or mm. do they try to poke the bear and put him on the Kings and Hawks games? Well, it's, I don't know. It's a tough one because then if, if Sydney do make it, then it's, well, does, does he not ref the grand final series either? You yeah. know? I'm not sure how that all goes and, and who, who, does, or who gets decided on who's going to ref these games. Mm. But, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I, I'm not sure which, mm. which route you'd go. And 
Yeah, oh, I have no idea. That's a, that's a tough one, and I'm glad I'm not making that decision. No, it'll be fascinating. Now, that wasn't the only strange thing that happened over the last week that I've, I've heard for the first time, Cody. Now, you know me well enough to know that I'm probably not the scariest person <laughs> to talk to, and you yep. prob- probably don't need to be nervous if you're having to right. talk to me. Yep. Now, I won't name the player because I don't want to embarrass him, but he's <laughs> a fairly new player on the scene. And if you probably go back and have a look at any stories I've done in the past week, you might be able to work it out. But <laughs> I had a player who was petrified about doing an interview with me in the past week, Cody, and he wanted to have his questions in advance just to prepare. And Jeez. he was very nervous. Just for anyone in the future that's going to talk to me, probably don't need to be too scared about talking to me, do you? Yeah, no. No, you don't. It's, <laughs> no. It's, um, yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. Mm. I, no, I haven't heard that one. Um, I've, I've never experienced that either before. No, whether that's just someone who's not very comfortable mm. talking to, to media in general mm-hmm. and didn't want to say the wrong thing or anything yeah. like that. Because, um, yeah, I, I certainly don't think anyone should be afraid <laughs> of having a chat to you, mate. No, no, that's, that's what I thought. But <laughs> once I spoke to him, he was fine. Fine, yep. He was fine. Um, very new to the, to the league, so it's probably not that hard to work out. And this might give it away a little bit more. I want to talk to you about the Ken Stuy fans mm-hmm. and that game that they had on Saturday night. Um, it's fair to say Adam Ford wasn't happy with what they dished up against the Kings on Thursday, yep. and he was really disappointed that they were letting their home fans down. Um, forget about what opposition they faced from the Bullets. Brisbane were facing their own problems, but the Taipans went out and had some fun. Tired to recall, 42 points, best game anyone's dished out this season. Mm-hmm. I was really happy to see Majuk Deng get out there and have some fun because the pressure's been on him this year as well. They put up the highest score any team scored this year. Taj McCall, like I said, the biggest individual game of the season. More than anything, they rewarded those 5,000 fans in Orange with a, yeah. with a good performance to finish. Yeah, they did. They certainly did. And uh, not a whole lot of defence played in this game. No. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was really good to see. And McCall showed out. He did all weekend. He was, mm-hmm. he was really good. Um, 64 points across the one weekend. It's very impressive. Mm. Very impressive. And, and to score 42 in, in a game against, look, against not a whole lot because, mm. you know, like you said, Brisbane only suited up seven players. Yes. So that's something else that I've not seen in this mm-hmm. league before. With only seven players mm-hmm. available. I'll ask you about that shortly. Yep. Um, so, yeah. The, it, it, and it shocked me when I think Deng hit a triple and then he came up with having 30 as well. Jeez. Like, yeah. yep. You know, that kind of crept up because McCall had kind of taken all the <laughs> yeah, spotlight. Yeah. Um, and then Frank's, again, 30 and 15, mm. doing what he's done all season. Yeah. So so that's not the least bit surprising. And, geez, if, if they were going to even be a sniff, I think 30 was the absolute minimum he was going to have to score. Yep. So, yeah, look, it, it was good. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Cairns could, could put on a show for, for mm. the faithful up there. And, um, yeah, that, it, was, it was a good way to finish their season, I think. Yeah. I felt for James Duncan afterwards because there wasn't a lot that he could do in this game because he only had seven players available to play. Mm-hmm. Um, he had eight on the bench, but Isaiah Moss, whether or not he was injured and ruled out or he told James that he couldn't play himself, I'm yeah. not sure. But um, James made it clear after the game that he had some players that just decided not to play this game. Yeah. You, probably, you can probably go down the list and have a look yourself about who didn't play and, and figure it out. But how tough is that when you know that the seven guys you've got are giving you their absolute all, but you had five guys that weren't willing to play. Yeah, and that's that's crap, mm. to be honest, and, and I don't like that at all. Um, well, especially from your point of view, you would give up anything to <laughs> yeah, have an NBL exactly. opportunity, and you've got some guys here that decided just to not play. Just don't want to play. Yeah, and that is, that's extremely frustrating because, and 
exclude me out of it. There are yeah. so many players around this country that mm. would give anything to put mm-hmm. on an NBL jersey. And the seven guys that did play gave everything. You, could, did. you couldn't fault their effort. Even no. if, I mean, even if you say there wasn't a lot of defence, which is fair, those seven guys still worked their butts off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they did. And um, well, they had no choice to <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> there's not much else they could do, yeah, really. And, yeah, it, it's, it's very frustrating. And, and I'm sure from Duncan's point of view, it was very frustrating. And, um, yeah, look, it, it's not a good look, especially if you're trying to get a new contract or something along those lines. Well, you um, don't bring any of those guys back, do you? You wouldn't, no. There, there's no way. Um, unless they had a legitimate reason not to play, like an injury, that's fine. That makes sense. But if it's, look, it's the last game up in Cairns, doesn't mean anything, I'm done with the season... If, if those are your reasons, then mm-hmm. there's, there's no way you should be playing in the NBL anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, look, it's, that's, a, that's a frustrating thing. Okay, Cody, that was a lot to digest in a first segment, mm-hmm. looking back on the end to the regular season. Now, we'll come back next week and we'll have the final votes in the Damo Best Defensive Award and we'll see how it stacks up with the winner of his mm-hmm. trophy that will be announced between now and then as well. So he'll give it our final votes and we'll announce the winner of that. We'll get the final votes from Sean Redditch in his Player of the Year Award as well and it's only between Bryce Codden and Jalen Adams. And Rightfully so. After the last count, Jalen was two votes ahead. He didn't play in the last round, so mm-hmm. he couldn't get any votes. I'm not sure Bryce no. got any votes either, so... I won't put any words in Sean's mouth because we know that he loves Bryce. Yep. But you would think that Jalen's got that award just about one. He might have the NBL MVP award around his neck as well. We'll get your thoughts on that shortly. What we do need to announce, though, Cody, is the Round 21 winner of the Galen Award as the best team man in the NBL. Mm -hmm. We saw some good performances across the weekend. Xavier Cooks, I know the Kings only won one of those two games, but, gee, without Gerald Martin there for that first game and... Missing, missing Jalen Adams for the two games. He's going to the finals in some pretty incredible form and doing everything. He's scoring, he's rebounding, he's blocking shots. And he's a player that from the start of the season to now, he's gone to another level. Mm-hmm. He's doing some incredible things. Um, as we talked about before, a couple of wins for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix this week. And Brandon Ashley, I thought, was very good in both of them. Yeah. I don't have Xavier Munford on this list, but I'd potentially throw him in there as well because mm-hmm. I thought he was really good yes, across those two games as well. So I'll throw in both of those from the Phoenix. Josh Majette, talk about guys who have changed from the start of the season to now. When we first saw him over the first couple of weeks, he looked like a point guard that didn't like passing the ball yeah, very much. Yep. And he loved to take shots that he shouldn't be taking, Shoot, yes. shooting from anywhere on the court, not making them at a high percentage. And I think Damo and myself talked about how we might not see him for too much longer mm. if he keeps that up. Yeah. All of a sudden, I would suggest that he's the second best point guard in the league behind mm. Jalen Adams. And... He's turned into a pass-first point guard and he's doing a fantastic job of it. So he stepped up big time. Um, Taj McCall, if, if the criteria for being the best, the best team man to win the Galen Award is making your team better, I think 42 points and everything else that he did on the weekend, I think, he, I think it was something like he was the first player to have um, at least 40 points, 10 assists and five or six rebounds in about 40 years. Yeah. Um, it was something remarkable like that. So he did a bit of everything in that game, and a couple of the usual sus- suspects. Two wins for the Illawarra Hawks to clinch second spot, and Antonius Cleveland set the tone in a lot of ways. And Sunday Detch, he's finished this season, I think, in the best form 
of his career and a big reason why Adelaide finished the season with a fair bit of momentum. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, uh, lots of really good performances this mm. weekend. And um, look, like you said, Zave's been just amazing. And since his injury, I think he's back to where he was yeah. just before yep. it. So that's uh, nothing but good news for the Kings mm-hmm. and scary hours for the, for the other three teams. <laughs> yes. So um, he was really good. Brown Ashley was was just awesome. I think he was he was just really good, just really solid. Did what he needed to. Lots of energy. Mm. I think he was very handy for them. Majet again, he was a game changer. I think yeah. he was a game changer for sure. Um, McCall was just a highlight reel all weekend. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was lots of fun to watch. Cleveland, like, like his air guitar, <laughs> was interesting. <laughs> I always say I liked it, but it was really <laughs> it was interesting. Will you pull that out next time you hit a throw? I might have to. I might have to. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, um, yeah, he was just an excitement machine over, mm. over the weekend. Cleveland, I mean, I feel like we say the same thing every mm-hmm. week about him. And again, big reason why the Hawks are where they are. Sunday finished the season really well and uh, really just what we kind of thought Sunday would be, the level that he would be at. So I think really good to finish the season like that. Hopefully you can start the season mm. at that level and then mm. keep excelling, which I really think you could. This week, I'd probably give it to Josh Majet, mm. Purely for, like, like you mentioned, he's come so far. He's almost a completely different player than when he first came into the league. And I think he's done a really good job of, of getting that team in line. And obviously, Jalen Adams mm-hmm. is your best point guard, but Josh Majet has, has certainly made his case to be up there. And... Um, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of point guards around the league mm. that, that can do what he does. And, um, yeah, look, I think this weekend in, in a massive game that, uh, that helped solidify that fourth spot for him, I think uh, he did lots of the little things and was uh, instrumental in that win. No, very, very happy with that decision, Cody. So Josh Majette, the winner of the Galen Award for Round 21. What we'll do next week, Cody, we'll come back and we'll talk about the top three nominees for the winner mm-hmm. and we'll get our listeners here on the show to decide who wins and stay tuned next week to find out who the top three nominees will be and we've got a lot more awards to talk about as well Cody so before the final starts the NBA will announce their award winners before we get to the official nominees and get your selection I want to go back to the start of the season when the team here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle we made our predictions so between Sean Redditch, Damian Martin, Matty Knight, Rob Beveridge and myself we, we put our necks on the line and you're in a good position to be able to hold us to account, <laughs> Cody. So I want to get, get your thoughts on who, do, who did the best job. So let's start with the coach of the year. Sean went with CJ Bruden. Mm-hmm. Damo, Matty Knight and Bevo all went for Brian Gorgian. I went with Trace Buford. Who did the best job? Oh, that's a tough one. Look, I think... I'm actually pretty happy with my selection. I was going to say, I think Buford has, has done a really good job. Gorge has been, he's been Gorge, but I think he is set to a higher standard than all the other coaches anyway. Um, so I think it's going to be hard for him to win it. But I, I, do, I do like your selection. I think Buford has been really good this year. I think he's adjusted well hmm. um, to the league because I wasn't totally sold on, on, the, on his play style um, yep. to start the season. And I think he's done a really good job of getting these guys to buy in and... Um, Realistically, I think Scott Roth gets it. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I think of that, I think you're probably probably the closest there. Yeah, so we'll go to, go to that. So the, the three nominees are Chase Buford, Dean Vickerman and Scott Roth. Yep. 
So I'm the only one that could possibly yes. get it right. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think Scott Roth has to get it. I think hands down. I, I don't think anyone else comes even close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dan, now that they've made the finals, like well, it was just a great job of him to get them close to the yeah. finals. Now that they've actually made it, oh, exactly, exactly. I think that certainly solidified it. Okay, so the next one, most improved player, yep. and none of us are going to get it right because none of the ones that we selected are of the nominated three players. Mm-hmm. So Sean and Maddie both went for Luke Travers. Damo went for Court Noy. Bevo went for Angus Glover. I went for Will McDowell White. Sure, sure, way off. Sean and Maddie are probably the only ones that had any sort mm-hmm. of a chance. Yeah. The rest of us didn't get that. <laughs> didn't no. get that. Didn't get that close. Um, who did the best job? Oh, of those, I think I think Bevo has gone closest there. I think yeah. Angus was was very decent this year. It was. Um, I think a big thing for him is, is just finding his role, and and I think as the season's gone on, he's done that. And um, yeah, of of those selections, I think that. Uh, I think he's probably mm. been the most impressive uh, between seasons. Yeah. No surprise that he chose a fellow redhead, though. <laughs> of course. <laughs> They've got to uh, stick together, right? <laughs> absolutely. So the three nominees are from the NBL, Joe Luala Chul, Keanu Pinder, Yanni Wetzel. To me, it's an obvious choice. What do you think? Uh, to me, it's an obvious choice, too. And Luala Chul's been really good. Um, Wetzel's been, been really good. He's been dominant as well. But I think Keanu, the, mm. the jump that Keanu made this year was just ridiculous and he just keeps getting better with each game that has passed and yeah considering he barely played he might have played like two minutes a game last year Mm -hmm. to now being a starter and Mm. double double machine and and significant um player on that cans roster i think uh, i think that's a, a fairly obvious one i think so too completely agree best defensive player again i'm not sure we got very close so sean went for mitch norton Damo went for Jack White, Maddie went for Mitch Creek, um, and both Bevo and myself went for Sunday Detch. None of those are in the nominated group, though, no. Cody. Um, did any of us get close in your mind? Oh, look, Nordo's always up there, I think. Um, and I think, Sean, it's a very, very smart choice to pick Nordo because, like I said, he's, he's probably one of the more underrated defenders around the league. And... Um, Jack White, look, that's that's probably a good pick, but he kind of still hasn't really found his groove yet, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, from what we saw at the end of last year. Creek, yeah, look, he, he had patches, um, but I, I think with just the fact that their t- team just couldn't play defence in general, mm-hmm. I think that certainly hinders him. And Sunday, again, I'm, it's, it's, it's tough that it's only three because I yeah. think Sunday's been unreal this year. So I think uh, I think you and Bevo are probably the closest, but I do think Sean is right there with yeah. his, with, with Nordo. CJ Bruden, very unhappy that Sunday isn't part of that yeah. nominated group of three. And I, I can understand his point, and I feel like he probably would have been if he didn't miss so many games at the start of the season. Well, he, that's missed, it. he missed a lot longer than he expected with, yep. that, with that court quad that ended up being mm-hmm. a lot more serious than he, he first thought. So I yeah. feel like he just missed a few too many games at the yep. start and took a little bit to go. So the official nominees are Antonius Cleveland, Shaili, Xavier Cooks. I think they've got it pretty much right. We've talked a lot about those three guys all yeah. season. Who do you think gets it? I think Cleveland gets it. Mm-hmm. I think without his defensive efforts, I don't think the Hawks are in the playoffs right mm-hmm. now. Um, Illy, again, I think he's probably set to a bit of a higher standard than everyone because yeah. we've seen how consistently good he is on the defensive end just over the past couple of years. 
Zay's been really good, but that timeout probably hurt him a bit. Mm. But, you know, he's been really good. Oh, yeah. Guarding, you know, outside his weight class yep. and being able to switch basically one through five. He, and, he usually guards a five most yeah. of the time because yeah. Jerome Martin generally doesn't. No, no. And Zay's so agile and smart, athletic, he, he can do that. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't need to be, you know, a big bruiser down there. Mm. He, he can use his, his length and his, and his quickness. And like I said, they can switch one through five and not have a problem with him yeah. guarding any of them. But I think Cleveland wins it. I think so too. And it'll be fascinating when we come back next week to see who Damo gives his award to and who he hands his trophy yeah. to in between that as well. Now, instead of the Rookie of the Year at the start of the season, we chose our best next start just because we weren't quite sure which rookies would be eligible. So what we went with, Justinian Jessup was pretty popular. So Sean, Damo and Matty all went for Justinian Jessup. Yep. Bevo and myself went for Ariel Huckporty. It's an interesting one. Out of the next stars, what do you, who, do you, who do you think was the standout for you? Um, those two guys were really good. Mm. Um, I probably couldn't couldn't pick between those two. Mm-hmm. They were they were really good. I think Hakpoti just figured out his role as the longer the season mm. went on, and he became such a massive piece for that um, Melbourne squad. And then Jessup, we knew what we were getting when he was coming in, when he yeah. came in. Um, haven't seen him last year, but I think he's just lifted his game again. He's got better in other areas. He he's has. now a better defender. He's yeah. a better ball handler, passer, and rebounder. rebounder. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's probably the big thing for him as well, is, is making sure that he's not just that shooter yeah. slash scorer. He, he needs to add lots of other things to his game, and I think he's, he's done a pretty good job of that. Mm. And... Um, I think he started the season with a double-double. Mm, I think he had he 10 boards yeah. along with a handful of points as well. And, um, yeah, I, I probably couldn't split those guys. Um, they've, they've both been really good. Yeah, and The only other one is Usman Jang, who I think got a lot better as yeah. the season went on, so Certainly he was good did. too. But as for the Rookie of the Year award, we've got, we've got Bull Kowal, Luke Travers and Usman Jang as the three nominees. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't like that Luke Travers is there because he's, no. he's, he was virtually a starter last season was, and now yeah. he's in Rookie of the Year contention, but that, that is the rules. But who do you think wins it? I think Bulkwell. I yep. think that's a fairly obvious one as well. Travers kind of had a bit of a difficult time trying to find a role this year. I think he was better for the Cats last year, but he had more of an outline role and he knew what mm. he was doing. Mm. Um, this year he kind of, it looked like he, I mean, obviously I, I'm not sure, not in the camp, but it looked like he fell in and out of favour a bit with, mm. with the coaches and... Yeah, he probably didn't play as much as I thought he would. But again, he's such a young kid that you know that's that's going to happen, especially in a, in a league like this. That uh, you, you're not going to be. It's very rare to find someone who's going to be super efficient and effective constantly at such a young age. Um, so I think obviously deserves to be in there, being his first actual contract. Yeah, sure. But um, yeah, look, I, I was my gene got better as the season went on. Start of the season was, yeah, I feel like he barely played and yeah. oh, confidence he, was in the toilet. Look, he didn't look like he belonged out there at the start. No, he didn't. And the more he figured out the league and the more opportunity he got, he did yeah. get better. Oh, yeah. And towards the end of the year, he was tough. He was really good. He's got a lot of weapons and mm. I think he's going to be a really good player in, in the future. But I think Bull Quoll has just been hands down the best rookie, breaking the three-point record. Yes. So, which is... Uh, I'm actually surprised at that, mm. seeing as he came in not being a shooter. He, no. was, he was that defender and he, you know, come in and shot the absolute lights mm. out. So uh, you, you know Shane Hill pretty well. Yeah. 
wouldn't like any of his records being broken. No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. But I mean, that's that's a very impressive uh, record. I think um, he's almost ten years older than what Hammer was, though. In fairness, at the yeah, time, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So no, look, I think he's been awesome. He's been really Absolutely. good for them. Now, we also picked our leading scorers at the start. Obviously, Bryce Cotton ended up taking that tag. So Bevo got that right. Yep. The rest of us didn't. So Sean went Tyler Harvey, Damo went Tyler Harvey, Maddie went Justinian Jessup, I went Joe the Wilder Chul. So it's another tick for Bevo. It is, yeah. Bevo's, uh, Bevo's doing all right. Jeez. <laughs> we might leave the MVP. Let's have a look at who we thought for the top four. And you might, have, you might be able to remember who you picked for your top four as well, Cody. So yep. let's see how we all went. We don't want to give Sean too much credit, but the scoring machine was pretty... Pretty on the money. So he's gone Perth, Illawarra, Sydney, Melbourne. So he's just missed out on the jack jumpers and he went went for Perth. Damo went for Perth, Illawarra, Melbourne, Sydney. Um, so the same. He just missed out on the jack jumpers. Maddie Knight went for the Hawks, the Phoenix, the Kings and the 36ers. Um, so he, he missed out on Melbourne and, and the jack jumpers. Bevo went for United, the Hawks, the Wildcats and the Phoenix. So he missed out on the Kings and the Jack Jumpers, and I went for Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, Illawarra. Mm-hmm. So I missed out on both Melbourne and Tasmania. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, none of us had the Jack Jumpers there. Do you remember what your top four might have been? The more I think about it, the, the less I can remember, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, look, I, I think I had, I think I had Melbourne in there. I had, I know I had New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, geez, I'm pretty sure. I had one of Illawarra or Sydney. Yep. And then I had South East, I think. I believe I think yeah. But I, I can't I can't really remember. But I it's the first year that I've not picked Perth in it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I didn't pick Perth, I just went, What am I doing? Yep. Like why yep. why wouldn't I pick Perth mm-hmm. in it? Because it, it it's been one of those things that like Gazy said, you know, you pick Perth until they prove you're wrong. Yep. Yeah, so probably one of the ones I got right. Yeah, actually. no, you, you've called it well. Maddie called it well also. I've always felt when I've done this that until I actually see the Wildcats miss a final series, I'll always have them in there. Exactly, exactly. So it'll be fascinating where we have them at the start of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of us got the top four right because right. none of us had the jack jumpers. Um, <laughs> what about our championship picks? I'm fascinated to get your championship pick, and we might save that for the end of the show, but clearly Sean and Damo are not going to win because they tipped tip the <laughs> yep. Wildcats and that's no surprise. Maddie's still in the running, he tipped the Hawks. Bevo's still in the running, he tipped United. I'm still in the running, I tipped the Kings. Coming into the season, do you remember who you thought might have won the title? I think I think I probably had Melbourne winning mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, from memory, if you're going off form right now, you'd, you'd probably go with the Hawks. Yeah. I think... Um, if you're going off, if you're picking now. But I think pre-season, I, I, I'm about 99% sure I went with United. Mm. They are the regular season champs yes. now, so it's not a bad pick. The last two awards I'll get your thoughts on, mm-hmm. Cody, and then we'll take a look at those two semi-final series. Best Sixth Man Award. So the three nominees are Clint Steindl, Shay Ely, and Xavier ratton Mays. That's a tough one. Who, do, who have you got? Yeah, see, Pretty much every other one has, has been clear cut so far, and mm. this one is not because yeah. I think all three of those guys are really deserving. Yep. Um, I think Clint has been so good being named captain and then being that spark off the bench for them. Not only um, a scorer, I think he's proven himself to be a really good captain. He has, he has, he, he's done really well, and yeah, I, I, 
I think he's been instrumental for them coming off the bench and just being a spark and, and that scoring spark. And as soon as he comes on the floor, you have to find him. Yeah. He, he was, he's an absolute sniper and, and I think he's been really good for them. Shay Ely, again, he's, he's one of those guys that is coming off the bench purely because they just are so stacked. Mm. Any other team, he'd be a starter. You know, you're backing up guys like Delhi, so who's, who's an NBA caliber mm-hmm. player, and I think he's certainly very deserving. And then again, Ratham Mays comes in and, and he plays big minutes as well, yeah. and, and I think he's been really good for them. Um, I think he's been a big part as well as Cleveland in in turning this thing around, mm-hmm. and he's been really good at, at controlling the team and, and running it. Oh gosh, I I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Illy. Yeah. Yep, I'm going to go with Shea Illy. I think you're right. I don't think there is a tough, a, a bad choice out of those yeah. three. I think it's the toughest one out of the lot. Yep. If we go to the MVP, <laughs> no offence to Joe Lawalichul, but I think we all agree it's a racing two. It is, yes. Um, gee, who have you got? I mean, Bryce was so good at having to shoulder such a workload, but then Jalen Adams was so instrumental in that 13-game winning streak. He was. But then he's got a mark against him for missing seven games. I mean, to me, it's a toss of the coin. I mean, which way do you go? It's really tough. And look, you have to take it off Bryce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you really have to uh, do that because Bryce has proven that he's, he's the best player in the league for multiple years now. <sighs> it's crazy to think that Bryce kind of had a bit of a down year to his standards and he mm. still led the league in scoring, you know. <laughs> yes. it's, um, it's crazy. But look, I think... Adams gets it this year. Mm. Um, you're right. The only mark against him is he, is he missed a bunch of games, yeah. right? So he missed them early. And then this past probably two, three weeks, he mm. probably hasn't been as good as he was in that 13-game stretch. But they don't go on that stretch without him. Um, yeah. think he gets it this year pretty much because they're in the finals, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. <laughs> yep. But, again, you've got to take it off Bryce because he's just proven time and time again just how amazing he is. I actually don't know. I mean, before this past week, I did think it was Adams, but then he missed the last two games. Yeah. So seven games is a lot in a 28-game season. So I really don't know. I think it's a toss no. of the coin, and yeah, I'm fascinated is. to see who gets it. And there's not a bad option there. No. I don't think anyone can complain whoever gets it. There we go, Cody. When we come back next week, we'll see how we all sh- all shaped up and who ended up getting those awards. Mm. Now, let's have a look at these two semi-final series. Before we talk about them in more detail, it's fair to say they're crammed in. They've crammed in the schedule. So Melbourne United and the Tasmania Drag Jumpers play Thursday night in Melbourne, Saturday in Hobart, and then, if it needs a Game 3, back in Melbourne on Monday. Illawarra Hawks and the Sydney Kings. Game 1 in Wollongong on Friday. Game 2 in Sydney on Sunday. And if it needs to be Game 3, back in Wollongong on Tuesday. You like those scheduling? Nope. Mm. It's all very close and very, very close to the end of the regular season. Like, I, I understand scheduling and all that sort of mm. stuff. And the season's been kicked back and back and back, and it's already running late. And I know that in the past couple of years that they do want to get it back to where it was. Mm. Um, but, you know, you want the teams to be at their best for this, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. last part. This is what they play for. So, mm. you know... You, you, it sucks, but, you know, that's, it is what it is. So The um, only positive is there's not a lot of travel for both teams. I'm, no. I remember we had this same schedule for a Perth and New Zealand grand final yeah, series one yep, year, and yep. that's impossible when it you've is, got that travel yeah. thrown in. But, I mean, 
I think everyone would prefer an extra day in between games, but at least it's a very short flight from Melbourne to Hobart, and as we talked about, very short drive. It's just a short drive from Wollongong to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So look, that's that is a good thing. Is is that travel isn't too much of a mm. a bad thing. But you know, Melbourne and Tassie still have to go and get on a flight. Yeah. So that's tough. But like I said, it is what it is, and hopefully um, they have a little bit of rest between these and the, and the grand final series. Yeah. All right, let's get stuck into it. Give me your thoughts on Melbourne and Tasmania in the first series, Cody. Well, when I first thought about it, I, I thought that, oh, look, United are going to win this. Hmm. They'll win the first two games and it'll be, it'll be done. But Melbourne hasn't been overly... I haven't been overly confident in Melbourne yeah. the past few weeks. Yeah, they've kind of gone a bit away from what they were to start the season and whether that's they've just kind of let the foot off the gas a little bit, um, knowing that they're probably going to be that top one or two anyway. And Tassie is just on an absolute tear. They're playing really well. Look, I, I do think United get the series, but I think Tassie definitely steals one. And it wouldn't surprise me if they stole the Thursday one. Mm. So, yeah, I'll go Tassie on Thursday, then I'll go United Saturday, Monday. The question marks I've got for both teams, probably for Melbourne, is if they're older bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alex Loudon called them um, Grandpa's Army earlier, yep. earlier in the season. Um, they've got some ageing bodies with the short schedule and also the physical and, and just the high-energy style that Tasmania yep. plays. My question mark is if they can, they can maintain their intensity enough and actually find a way to score enough against yep. the Jack Jumpers. My question for Tasmania is, are Melbourne just too big for them with Joe Lawalichul and, yeah. and Ariel Hagporty? I mean, those are the two big question marks I've got going into the series. Oh, for sure, for sure. And look, I think Chris Levick has done an mm. unbelievable job yep. in these, this past probably month and a half. Yep. I think he's been unreal in just fighting well above his weight class. Mm. You know, like I've said, he's had his practice because he was going up against <laughs> yes. Nate every single day. So he's used to it. But I think he's been really good yeah. um, with, with Magne out. And look, I, I do think with the two-headed monster down there, that it's mm-hmm. going to be tough. Yeah, you're right. I think it's, it, it's certainly not a clear-cut one, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as clear-cut as what it is on paper. The other series, nothing clear-cut about this nothing. one. This one either. <laughs> Don't like each other either. I no. mean, right from the start of this season, the rivalry was being talked up before even round one. Yep. And now, now they meet in a semi-final series. Um, we even saw post-match on, on Sunday that DJ Vasilovic and Radden Mays were having to be separated from each other, um, had a bit of a push and shove. So the feeling is well and truly still there. I mean, it, it's a really tough one to call. They've both got their strengths. They're probably the two most exciting teams to watch in the league as well. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts? This is a flip of the coin. Mm. And if the last two games they've played in these last two weeks is anything mm. to go by, it's going to be a heck of a series. And what more could you want? You know, one of the better rivalries in the league and clearly the players don't like each other. They've all bought into the rivalry and the fans certainly don't like each other. And I certainly know that from experience, <laughs> having been on both sides yeah. of this. And um, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great for the league as well. And well, is there a worse place to play in the league as a Kings player than Wollongong? No, no. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it gets feral, and that's part <laughs> of it. And it's it's awesome, you know. Um, 
but you love it. Yeah. You know, that's that's what you want to do. You want to mm-hmm. go into hostile environments and try quiet in that crowd. And jeez, mm-hmm. I I can't even call this one to be honest with you. I'm I've got no idea. Well, if the Hawks yeah. win, what do they have to do well? If the Kings win, where are their strengths? I think the big thing for the Hawks is is defensively. They're going to score. Mm. They're going to score. Um, but to try to stop guys like Zave and Adams mm. and Jarrell Martin, that's a tough ask. Yep. Um, be interesting to see if uh, if Cleveland matches up on Adams because I think that'd yeah. be a really interesting matchup. Yeah. Just that bit of extra length mm-hmm. on uh, on a point guard. That's a great call. That could um, be, that that would be that could be season series deciding. I think so, but. Um, Kings just need to play how they've been playing. Hopefully they've got those guys rested that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jarrell Martin's going to be big time for them, I think. Mm-hmm. He's just – he's a tough guard. He, he, he steps out to the three. You can knock it down. You've got to drag mm-hmm. him out. Um, so you'll probably see Dwight Reef guarding yep. him. And two mobile big men, which yeah. is going to be fun to watch. So, look, I, I don't know. I think uh, – yeah, jeez. It's, it's going to be defensively. The, mm-hmm. the better defensive team will win this one because both teams can put points on the board for sure. Mm. No fear playing in each other's building either. No. So the Kings won that overtime game in Wollongong and then on Sunday the Hawks went into yep. Sydney and won that game. Yep. Now the two things I want to get your thoughts on, the two matchups. you touched on it just then. I think Cleveland probably goes to Jalen Adams, so I'm fascinated to see how he goes there. Mm. And I think on the other side of it, I think Wani Swaka, Lobel probably goes to... Tyler Harvey to try to yeah. shut him down as well. Um, whoever probably does a better job defensively might end up sort of deciding who wins. Oh, absolutely. And I think wani has been, again, amazing this year mm. defensively. I think he's had the big assignments all year on every team they've played. He's always been out there guarding their best scorer, their best playmaker, just to try and shut him down. And, um, you know, Chase Buford spoke about that earlier in the season in one of his press conferences. And... I think he's been really good. So he taught him everything he knows. Oh, he? absolutely! You know, you know. So no, nah, he's uh, he's come so far in in the past few years, and you know, another guy that we've seen not get an opportunity somewhere, and then go to a new place and been given that bit more of an opportunity, and a bit more freedom, and he's just flourished. And it'd be nice to see him knock some shots down as well. Mm. That'd be that'd be very handy. But uh, it's it's going to be some really good matchups. Now, before we. Move on and wrap up the show, Cody. When we come back next week, we will know who's playing in the grand final. Yes. Two-word two answer. Who's in the grand final <laughs> next week? United Hawks. It'd be great to see, wouldn't it? Mm. I mean, the Hawks have actually got the wood on. United they have. late in the season as well. So that would be a hell of a, hell of a series. Um, we'll know next time, this time next week, Cody. Just quickly before we wrap up. You've strung a couple of wins together now at the Warwick Senators, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. So um, two and one now. So mm-hmm. fumbled at the finish line against uh, Perry Lakes in that first round. And then, yeah, got two really good wins on the board. But uh, it'll be nice to get Trig back. Yes, you'll have um, your coach for the first time. Say, we'll have our coach back, uh, which is really good. Um, and then hopefully Kyle uh, doesn't mm-hmm. take too much time off, which would be thoroughly deserved after mm-hmm. that long season. Yeah. Um, Good to have him out there as well because we haven't uh, haven't had a full squad out there yet. So haven't um, had a point guard for a little while. No, with Corbin not no. playing this past weekend. Yeah, exactly. So and it, it definitely shows. It, mm. It's tough without a point guard and someone running your show. And 
You, no, you, you have to take that role, don't you? I do sometimes. We had one of the young boys doing it this weekend yep. and it was really good. So he played really well. And no, look, I'm, I'm really excited for this squad. Um, lots of the young boys stepping up and, and playing some major minutes and, and doing good things. And um, yeah, look, I, I think once we get our full roster together and hmm. everyone's playing, uh, I think we'll be a tough beat. Yep, and I think Friday night you've got the old enemy, the, the wolves down the road. So. The wolves that uh, are a completely new look. So, yeah, um, look, none of the guys that you usually see mm. in a wolves uniform. So um, I think Jordan Wellstead's about the only one. Yeah. Um, other than that, everyone's either hung them up or is elsewhere now. So mm. it's a completely new look, uh, new look uh, wolves team. All right, so that's another thing for us to reflect back on when we come back next week, Cody. But... That's been a big show. It's been an amazing NBL regular season. It might have dragged a little bit at times, but boy, it was a great finish. So it was fantastic to see. And I think in hindsight, we've probably got the best four teams in it. I, I know you, the Wildcats and the Phoenix made a good case, but I think these four teams that we've got to look forward to in the finals all deserve to be there and they're going to be two great series. So we look forward to seeing how it all unfolds over the coming days. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it happen. I'm Chris Pike and I'll leave Cody with a chance to give you some some final words look i I hope we see all six games i I really hope that both these uh series go to go to three and then uh game three of each goes in overtime and uh i think all four teams thoroughly deserve to be here and it's gonna it's gonna be a heck of a few days